0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe.
0: All right. Hey, welcome to episode five of Joke Artists. I'm Jason Katz. I'm Ryan Dever. (laughs) Oh, man. What a great show we've got today. We have. One of the most famous chefs, Emeril Lagasse's son's cousin's dog, who just died. We have the dog's corpse here, and we are going to cook it up, and mm, we're going to make a meal for you. But smells before we get smells that, We're going to talk to our uh, one of our favorite comics, and we were so grateful to have him on, uh, Joe List. He's mm. got a new special out, I Hate Myself, on Comedy Central's YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. Jay, you got to direct it, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Well, you're not mistaken, and if I'm not mistaken, you got to edit it.
2: That's right. You're right. I uh, had to
0: double check that. Yes, I did edit it. Yeah, and we both co-produced it. Oh, well, we well, yeah, we'll just keep patting ourselves in the back fat. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, hey, look, uh, that was my back fat. Yep. But but uh, no, seriously, uh, it, it was really awesome to direct it and and for us to be a part of it in any way. I thought it was just really cool, and this was. Um, our third comedy special being involved in, in the, uh, it
2: was, it was also, I mean, it was the last great thing we did before quarantine, which is, which is pretty nuts because we shot it in February and it's just, uh, you know, wild to finally see it out now and people watching it and enjoying it. And it's, you know, close to a million views. Um, and it was great. We got to talk to Joe about it and, um, what he's been up to. Um, yeah,
0: we talked all about him. Uh, literally going to war. You no, know, ah, he went to he went all the way to uh, Iraq, I believe it was, uh, and he slept with Saddam Hussein. Uh, he yeah. wasn't there, but mm. you know, we we generally get the gist of what he did.
2: Yeah, we, I mean, I, yeah, it, <laughs> he slept in Saddam Hussein's palace. Wasn't it like right? He he, it's it's a really wild uh, story. It was just I'd never heard it. Before I didn't know he, he did that, I didn't know he went, you know. I had um, no idea, I didn't went know over he there went for the troops, yeah, for the
0: troops and uh, did some comedy for them and made their experience probably far worse. No, I'm kidding. No, he made <laughs> he and he, 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 no, I'm kidding. He uh, definitely obviously uh, made it a lot more fun. And uh, when I say a lot more fun, I mean any ounce of fun, I can assume it uh, is probably well received there. I would think um, so, yeah, but yeah, no, um. <clears throat> <laughs> all right, no, I'm going to cut all You're that like,
2: shit out. <laughs> you sound like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Along Came Polly. You're just like... <clears throat> <clears throat> clear your throat, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. As as always, I feel like we, we get to like this point where we almost spoil it by just being like, eh, let's just explain it. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. No, 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 no. We're... Uh, Going to, uh, um, uh, of course, have Joe speak for himself and uh, uh, play the uh, interview. Um, yeah, but,
0: uh, that was uh, Jeff Goldblum. We had him do part um, of the interview. All right, thanks, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, no, nope, we, nope, we, we said for the last time we definitely uh, don't want you but, on but, the but, podcast. But, 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 um,
2: uh, yes, no one's uh, paid me yet, and I would like paid to. Paid uh, you? Jeff, paid you're yeah. out of,
0: you, we I don't even. First of all, I don't even know how you got into the studio. Uh, I'd I'd like to be paid right now, right now. All right. Uh, Do you take Canadian? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I take Canadian. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Jeff took a Canadian out with him. There you go. Bye, Jeff. Enjoy the Canadian. Canadian. (laughs) Out of (laughs) my way. Is he he Harvey? uh, What's his name now? Harvey Firestein, uh, hello. I gotta hi. get me a comi- I gotta call my mother and get a Canadian. <laughs> yeah.
0: <sighs> She's like, make me a woman. Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Yeah. Sorry, okay. <laughs> I one of the- Mrs. <laughs> All right, none of that's going in. All right. Well, welcome
2: to episode five of Joke Artists. Uh, we're here with comedian Joe List. Joe, thank you so much for uh, being on the show.
3: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I've been, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've been <laughs> looking forward to this for years. Um, it's a dream come no. true.
2: We know. Yeah.
3: I I'm, I'm, no, yeah, I'm excited. Exactly. I really am. Um, no, so you, I'm, got, I'm, you got I'm, the
0: script I'm, that we I'm, sent you to say I'm excited. Great. Yes. <laughs> all right. That was all we needed.
2: Yeah. what what, it's an exciting time. I mean, your your new special I hate myself is is nearing a million views on YouTube right now. I know, you know, Jason and I were lucky enough to work on it and we're so thrilled that it's finally out and people get to see it and laugh and whatnot. But but what does it feel what does that feel like for you for it to finally be out?
3: Um it's weird. It's exciting that I I I learned a new term recently and I like to just Cram it into um, every conversation, but the term is a uh, hedonistic adaptation, and it's uh, like a psychological whatever phenomenon or whatever bullshit where you know you adjust to whatever thing. So like the first week, I was like a hundred thousand in four days or half a million in two weeks, and now I'm like. Eh. <laughs> it's only—it's not even at nine hundred thousand yet. Like you're just kind of like, oh, I stink. It's petering out. Uh, forget it. Uh, so it's weird. So we should get to a million, but like then, like early on, it's just moving. It was moving so fast, the numbers, that I was like, we'll get to seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand. But now it's been like each hundred thousand, it lasts. It takes longer to get out of that particular hundred of the thousand, whatever. So now I'm like, we're never going to make it to a million. I'm stupid. I stink. The <laughs> special stinks, I'm a <laughs> hack. Like, that's where I'm at today. But um, in a more serious, uh, you know, um, answer is it's very
1: exciting, it's, it's cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know when yeah. when Jason and I spoke with Mark Norman, he was kind of saying the same thing with his that, he, you know, you get to that petering out period and you're like, ah, I suck and whatnot. So I feel like that's just part of it. Right. So you you have the initial boost from from your your fans, you know, everyone rushes to watch it, watch it. And then there's that time where word from the fans to other people has to spread. And then it kind of gets that second wind. Right? Right.
3: Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. And I'm, I'm like, I'm running out of uh, big comics to ask to tweet it. Like, I had Bill Burr tweeted it, and that gave it a little boost. And then Norm Macdonald tweeted it, and that gave it a boost. And Sal yeah, Volcano awesome. gave it a little boost. And now I'm, I'm just out of, I'm fresh out of famous people that like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, you can always have to ask the less famous people, I guess. You know, just with a couple hundred or fifty views but no, I'm kidding. It, it's, it's honestly doing, I think it's doing so, so well. And, and uh, it's just like, uh, I don't know. I just think the whole idea of having it on YouTube and that accessible and it looking so great and, and feeling so great and sounding great is just, I don't know, so, almost like revolutionary. And I think it's just really cool. And I think, I'm. Um, I was just so happy that you got to make this special and, Put it out the way you wanted it to be
3: yeah it worked out perfectly like it was it's it's funny for me to like or, or fun for me to like look back at like the process of um like the phone conversation it's funny because it's, it's this special is like weirdly tied to denver because i was at denver comedy works at the condo talking to my manager and agent being like i just want to do a, a special at village underground and just put it out on my own uh just because it seems easier and cool and rock and roll And then I was at Denver. I was opening for um, Louis C.K. in Denver. And I was at my hotel then when we were like, we know these guys, these guys can make it. What do you think about this date? And I was like, yes, yes, lock it in. Let's get it, whatever the cost, whatever the thing. And so um, there's strange Denver ties to the special. But yeah, I think about those phone conversations of like, here's my idea. And then the conversation of like, we got these guys and it'll cost this much and we can do it on this day. Do you want to like, yes, let's do it. And now to it having almost a million views is pretty cool.
0: But And that's like the really cool part because you think about it, you're successful enough that you're able to do that. That's the part where you go, wow, because there's so many people who go, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. And they're like, yeah, okay, well like a couple hundred people will watch or a thousand people will watch. But yeah, the amount of success that you've hit, um, just sort of like justifies that you're able to do this special and on your own whereas somebody else who doesn't have that ability you know can say all they want but the cool part about it is that you can say it and actually make it happen
3: yeah that's been pretty uh, amazing i felt really fortunate not just with, with as far as like fans and exposure, but also to have access to the comedy seller and have them have a relationship with them Would they allow me to do it and to have enough success to be able to to pay for it to get made, and then when it comes time to release it, to have um, to have all these sort of successful some of them famous or quasi famous people to tweet it out and post about it. All of those things is I feel really uh, fortunate for and about whatever whatever the right. Way
2: yeah, to say that is awesome. oh I'm stupid no. <laughs> oh geez yeah this is embarrassing no
3: <laughs> well it oh, is it, it,
2: it again when we talked with Mark uh, Norman and Sam Merrill about this of just kind of basically when do you know you're actually ready for it and obviously the stars kind of aligned for you in terms of people backing it and and the location backing you and whatnot but what did you feel you were ready for it before that all aligned or were you kind of like hey this seems like a great time to do a special let me kind of uh uh, cross some t's dot some i's and and get this thing ready
3: well i the process for me was i had like a sort of an excess of material where like uh, i'm just on the road every week or was on the road every week back in the old days (laughs) seven months ago uh like i was on the road every week working every weekend and You know, I just try to create material just because, just out of sanity, because you want to do different stuff. And then I started to have all of a sudden like an hour and twenty minutes, an hour and thirty minutes of material. And I was like, I should, I gotta get some of the an hour of this or fifty minutes of this, whatever it is, recorded because I'm gonna have too many bits. And I'm like, I kind of gotta kill this. And I like the idea of having enough material that. When you do put out the special, you have some material to work with. Like that the idea of just starting from zero is, is too scary to me because I'm always like, I'll never be able to come up with anything and I'll have no act. So for me it was just a matter of like, okay, I have enough material to shoot something and then still have material after that. And so that was for me, that's when I was like, Okay, it's I'm ready.
2: Wow. So that's interesting. So you you you're ready for a special when you have material for it, but also more material to stay alive after it.
3: That's how, that's how I feel, but not everyone does it that way. Gotcha. That, that might just be my anxiety of like, I'm never going to write another joke again. So at least I'll have (laughs) like these 30 minutes, like at least
1: feature.
2: Right. Do you think that also it could help that maybe those jokes that you say cut from the special have a different theme that maybe doesn't fit in the special? So you're kind of like, I can build another special off of these five jokes
3: yeah, a little bit. Some of them, like, have a different kind of tone or a different thing, and, like, some of the jokes in the special were a couple years old, so wow. I was ready to kind of move past them and just put and have them live somewhere. So that's definitely a part of it, too, I think.
0: Yeah, and it seems like, you know, all the feedback online, like uh, on YouTube and uh, just, you know, people tweeting and stuff like that, It's people are blown away that they get to watch this for free because they – see the caliber of everything that you put into it and everybody you know so many comments of oh i pay you know i pay this for this i pay this for this i mean that's got to feel really good
3: yeah it was pretty amazing and then a, a ton of people venmo me for like a couple weeks it was pretty amazing like every cool. few minutes or whatever there'd be a venmo and it was mostly five or ten bucks but some of them were 20 and some were 50. one guy from australia sent me 500 bucks which was wow. absurd um i donated a 100 of it to the nature conservancy uh
1: no, just didn't. wanted to
3: just flex that muscle uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
0: they're, they're, they're our sponsor so that's good to uh, mention them.
3: yeah i'll send i'll send receipts i swear um but yeah so like it was just a ton of people sending five and ten bucks like i made a couple thousand dollars off of that which was nice because people yeah. were like you know they they I think for a movie on iTunes is to rent is four or five bucks to own is 15 bucks. So uh, a ticket to a show is 15. So a lot of people just threw that money out there. It was pretty, pretty nice. I'm grateful for it. Sorry. The police is showing up at my house.
2: Oh, we, we sent them there cause we don't believe you about that. Uh, that donation. Yeah. <laughs> it's the donation, yeah, yeah, the donation. It's, it's the donation. but it, yeah. I mean, especially now when, you know, the, the on-demand movies are $20 to rent. I mean, I, I, I remember seeing a comment under your video on YouTube of just some, someone saying this is too good, you know, saying that yeah. there's, there's just no reason why this should be free. And they said like, right. This special Mark special and Sam special. It's like this Holy Trinity that they're just like, this is yes. amazing that these three are, are free and they're this good and too good. And I just laughed at the, um, at the comment because it really is very true. And, and there is this shift to YouTube of comics just saying, you know, here you go. This is, this is it. And uh, I hope to build something off of this.
3: Yeah, I love it. And uh, it's just a really cool way to do it, especially because, you know, the industry is tricky selling stuff or getting people to getting stuff on Netflix at our level, the level we're at or whatever. So it's pretty great. And I think that's like what, you know, Grateful Dead always did that they set up, you know, recording equipment and stuff to, record the show. And they were kind of like that do live shows and be like, here, take the show, which is not quite what we're doing here. But the idea of being spread this around, trade this and, and send it to people so people can hear it. And, you know, and you kind of make the money on ticket sales. Now that was bad timing on my part and that there are no <laughs> ticket sales anymore, but hopefully those yeah. people linger and are there when, when we do start coming back to work.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I mean right now, you know, you're performing these outdoor venues, uh have you has it come back to you from the special that you put out has has people you know said hey I saw the special and now they're coming to see you live?
3: I've only done like a couple show like actual show show I did one last night and one I'm doing one next week but I did one a few weeks ago So it's hard to really say like a lot of the fans were fans already but I've added a few thousand Twitter and Instagram followers and that's however great. much that's a barometer and so i guess it'll take like kind of full weekends of traveling to see but i've definitely gotten a lot of messages and tweets being like we're fans now we'll follow we'll come wow. see you when you you know come to toronto or whatever it is
0: yeah i mean I, ryan had a question about uh oh yeah thanks yeah, jay just, 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 what, just, what a yeah.
2: lovely
3: lovely host just
2: putting the what? ball on the old tee for me i could kiss you uh, but well, speaking of, go ahead but, stop you. oh, well, here I go. Um, speaking of ball on the tee, though, the show you did last night was at a baseball park. Yes. H- have you ever done a show at, at a you know a stadium or a, a park like that, a sporting park?
3: <laughs> no, I mean, I did, I've done a bunch of shows. I toured with Louie back in 2016, and we did all these arenas, sports arenas, but never um, an outdoor baseball stadium. Yeah, um, that's pretty awesome. It was pretty unique. It was interesting, and I'm a baseball guy, so it was cool to kind of have walk on the outfield, and I was, you know, jumping off the wall and stuff. And <laughs> we got to hang out in some um, what do they call it? like the not the press box, but the luxury box was like our dressing room was the luxury box. So that was it was oh, pretty cool. cool. Um, it was a little strange it wasn't ideal like literally you can hear the echo so it was like ah, mm. i had sex with my wife wife wife, wife. you know it's like <laughs> one of those i was like luke eric doing stand-up the yeah, unluckiest exactly.
2: man man in the history
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it was it was weird but it was fun I, i'm just like so ridiculously rusty like since the night i shot that special i've probably done 30 sets and that was whatever wow. it was several months ago wow.
2: opposed to what if say Corona wasn't uh, a thing, how many sets do you think you would, you would have done by now?
3: Well, you almost like I average almost like two a night, like a weekend is Friday, Saturday, usually two shows each night. And then in the city, usually you do one or two and sometimes three sets. So, I mean, Uh, hundreds i would have done hundreds yeah. in that time so it's yeah, it's, it's really bizarre time
0: i just picture you at the stadium uh, you know and you're in the dugout and they're like list you're up and you're like sir i'm not ready and they're like come on <laughs> just do the jokes <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was the setup like there though What was the crowd like it was was there a crowd or how did it work
3: yeah so there was a couple hundred people they had the stage set up like in center field against the center field wall and then people sat – they either brought chairs or they sat on, like, picnic blankets or whatever, or sheets.
1: Oh, cool.
3: Um, but they just filled the outfield. I mean, they didn't fill it. It was, like, you know, 300 people in the outfield. So wow, it, that's a lot. It doesn't – look full, But, yeah, it was a good amount of people. It was pretty cool.
2: With, with, a, with kind of a setting like that, and I guess just comedy shows in general now, do you feel that you kind of have to address the awkwardness kind of right away, and does it – does it help the rustiness a little bit to kind of go out there and be like, Hey, we all know this is a little odd topsy turvy. Like, here we go. We're all in this together kind of thing.
3: Yeah. A little bit. Like it, for me, it's just not necessarily COVID. The setup is weird. I mean, I, I made a joke about it, but to me the thing that I try to like convey is like, Hey guys, like I haven't been working. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's a little like, here are some things I wrote that I haven't really worked out. It, it's hard. Cause you don't want to, um, take advantage of them. They bought tickets and made a night of it. You don't want to just open mic it. But at the same time, you're like, I'm sorry. I just don't have the reps, So I don't remember some of these jokes. And there's definitely a lot of me being like, uh, there's more to this bit, but I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> just kind of <laughs> dismounting. Um, which usually gets so a laugh. laugh.
1: Yeah. yeah. And,
3: and I keep comparing it, doing these shows. COVID. It's almost like doing shows for the troops. Like I've been to Iraq and Kuwait. Like it's, they're just so grateful that they're like oh my god this is amazing we can't believe you're here thank you we appreciate it so it's that, that part's been pretty cool i just feel self-conscious of being so rusty
0: right but you you well i mean you you always do open all your shows by saying hi everybody i'm i'm a hero and then you start <laughs> telling the jokes so uh, well, yeah I, this... think,
3: I think i think that's important
0: yeah, there's a bit of <laughs> boasting in the beginning, unnecessary, but I guess it's fine.
2: I think you should start writing a uh, Angels in the Outfield comedian like sequel that you know instead of baseball players, <laughs> it's just comedians that start seeing angels that are on stage with them and helping them out. All
0: right?
2: <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: Christopher Lloyd comes out and punches yeah. things up. <laughs> Sam Kinison's out there, I
2: guess. Sam um, Kinison, sure. Well, whatever. oh yeah, the angels, angels. right? He's got to yeah. be an angel. Yeah, you're
0: right. And cool. Tony Danza, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh it's very dumb um but wait, can you tell us a little bit about the kuwait i mean I, I didn't i didn't know that you uh you went over there did you perform for the troops
3: yeah so i went there with this guy named scott kennedy who's passed away since but he was this big uh texas guy and he was a comic and he was like just one of those guys that was really into the military the troops and he set up his own Company that we just went. Um, Nate Bargatze got me in. Nate went with him, met him, and went and did shows. And then Nate brought me along, and we went there. Uh, I think that was like 2011, 2012. I think with two times I went there and um yeah it was amazing we just went we went to one of the times we just went to kuwait and did all the bases on kuwait and the other time we went into iraq we went to baghdad we went all over iraq it was pretty wow amazing experience yeah we flew on black hawk helicopters from base to Holy base cow. and then we even hung out we stayed in uh saddam hussein's palace which was turned into an american base it was <laughs> surreal What? What's wow, the room service really like? <laughs> it's it's crazy. I mean, it's a huge palace. There's like a a huge lake or pond. Some kind of I think it's some kind of religious pond that they just turned into a driving range. You just hit golf balls into the thing. It was a little strange. What?
0: I saw it. I, it was on Airbnb.
3: Um, yeah, yeah. You can get a room for like eighty bucks right now because of COVID. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's insane. I mean, was there ever you know I don't know. I'm sure they keep they keep you pretty safe um but was it nerve-wracking to be there was it this was it still kind of like whoa we're in baghdad right now
3: it was pretty crazy like i mean it was 2011 and 2010 it had or 2011 was when i was there it had calmed down a bit i think like 08 it really sparked up again in 09 but 2011 it had kind of simmered down a bit but there's definitely like you are in an active war zone and they tell you and like you wear a helmet and a flak jacket, and, wow. you know, you're flying in a Black helicopter. There's a guy next to you with, like, a 50 caliber machine gun hanging off the side looking for someone to shoot if, it, yeah. if something happens. And we got out in Baghdad. We got out of the car at one point where, the, um, where they pulled the statue down and where those huge oh. cross flags are. I mean, the, the cross swords that I'm sure you've seen on the news a bunch. And so at one point, we were just standing around in Baghdad, like, in a war zone. Um, wow. So it was a little unnerving. The craziest part, or the spookiest part, was in when you're driving in the um, what do you call that when you have all the cars together? Uh, motorcade, a, a, a motorcade. Yeah. So when it's hard to explain uh, over the phone, but like, so the you're, we're in these SUVs and they're staggered. Like one is behind the other, but not directly behind it. It's sort of to uh, like uh, laterally to behind it. So it's at an angle. And then when you go under a bridge, the two SUVs will quickly swerve to the other side, like kind of switch sides. So no one can drop like a bomb off the overpass onto your car. So your car comes out of a different place that it goes under. And that was like spooky. Because they didn't really warn us, so all of a sudden the car just swerved aggressively at, like, 50 miles an hour, and we're like, what the fuck was that? And they're like, oh, we're just avoiding people throwing bombs on us. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, my God, just so, casually
2: And they're like, it, oh, yeah. It's you so excited fun. for the show? <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. It
3: was, it was spooky, but I have to say, like, the the troops are just, the soldiers, whatever, are, are so... Um, whatever word is what I meant. I mean, you're like, whatever these is <laughs> <laughs> um, The the soldiers are so um, just like calm and kind that you just, they really did make me feel like, all right, I guess if these guys are cool, I'm cool. Like you felt yeah, really yeah. safe. And also you are, as a civilian, you are like their number one priority. I mean, like no, unit wants a civilian dying on their watch so like you're more right. important to them than their brothers um not emotionally but they're like shit. we can't have fucking nate Bargatze die here um, <laughs> so tested it, it those definitely limits every night
0: getting shawarma somewhere far away and they're like <laughs> yeah. please joe stay with the group
3: yeah we, we brought our own alcohol we were whipping it at natives so um, <laughs> um no it was it was Thrilling and, and super cool. I'm looking at a photo of me and Nate and Louis Katz standing on a tank right now. Wow how how That's
2: does so that awesome. affect your set? Like, do you go yeah. there and you're like, I need to write a whole different set for this kind of audience in this environment?
3: Oh, I ate it. I bombed every show. Really? really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't make it seem oh. like it was fun. Um, no, it was good. It depended like where we were. Like the ones, that, the safer it was, the better the show was. Like in Kuwait. Those guys weren't, they had seen action or they, they were going to see action, but like in Kuwait, it was like being in America. Like there was basketball hoops and they're, they're relatively hmm. comfortable and there was actually sizable crowds and they were good. Iraq, some of the bases we would do at 11 o'clock in the morning, it would be 100 degrees and they, they're sort of, um, you know, lieutenant, their leader or superior officer or whatever. Would tell them, "Hey, we got to go to the show. We got some people here. We got an R and R or whatever." <laughs> it kind of felt like they were ordered to go watch us and to sitting mm. on picnic tables. Um, but it was good. But like we definitely have. I don't do a lot of stuff in it. But they're like no political jokes, obviously, right. and they're like no right. jokes about you know you didn't want to do death jokes or war jokes and uh, religious jokes. I mean, like so, you had to be a little bit um, generic-ish. Gotcha. Um, But it was good. I mean, it was was really fun, just a cool experience. And you're not going there to tape an album or or, or kill, you know. You just want to be like, kind of do service and also selfishly be like, this is crazy. We're doing it. Wow.
2: Did they check your jokes before you performed?
3: No, they didn't really do that. They just kind of said, like, they'd brief us and say, you know, this and that. Don't really do that. And you kind of went, I would check with the guy, Scott, because he was... Um, like that, you know, seventy-eight doors there or something. So it was kind of just like, okay. Uh, he was like, that's that's fine. It works for me. And I'm like, okay, good enough. Wow.
0: And are the do the military? Do they or the army, whichever it was? Do they laugh uh, normally, or is it like a sort of scheduled uh, laugh? Like ha, ha. <laughs> or was, it, or was it natural?
3: It, it felt pretty natural. They were pretty. They oh, were pretty right. loose when they did laugh. But there was definitely moments where some of them were like. This sucks. I hate this. My life sucks right now. Just keep it moving. Uh, But most of them are really nice and enjoying it.
2: Sounds like a typical show, though, in New York City. There's always the people that don't want to be there that, like, you know, they pay the cover and they sit down. They're just like, this guy better fucking make me laugh or
3: I'm out. You know,
2: there's just nothing you can do.
3: (laughs) Totally. And then after the show, you do a meet and greet and it's it's just a huge thank you fest because i'm like thank you for your
1: service they're like no
3: thank you for coming and i'm like no thank you for being and they're like no thank you (laughs) so it was one of those like it was a thank you off and um i always felt like i should be saying i'm sorry you're here like i this is maybe this is controversial (laughs) everyone's like thank you for your service i'm like i I do appreciate the service but my instinct is to be like i'm so sorry i I hope that you're out of here soon You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not just. I don't want to sound bad, but it's just like this sucks. I this. I'm sorry you're going through this. I mean, and most of them don't see it that way. Some of them probably do, but you're just like, man, this isn't fun,
0: right? And what's the flight like over there, though? Like, so you're you're you know you get the call, uh, you're going with Nate, and then you are flying there. And what are your feelings on the flight over? the initial flight over are you like what am i doing or are you like yeah like i don't know if you're you take it as an adventurous type or or how you take it
3: uh i was we were pretty excited like we just thought it was super cool i mean the flight was pretty brutal i mean we flew one of the times we flew to istanbul and i think the other time i think we flew directly to kuwait city i want to say, or, no, no, it was, one time it was, no, that wasn't direct. We flew to Istanbul was the really long one. The other time we flew to, I think, uh, Hamburg, or Frankfurt, Frankfurt hmm. which okay. was long. And the, the Istanbul was the really long one. That was like 11 hours, I think. And I was drinking at the time. So we had like a couple, Nate and I had like a couple town Tylenol PMs to start the flight and then just <laughs> had a few cocktails, <laughs> put a good buzz on yeah. and uh, had some laughs and then just conked out and, but it was wow. a really long flight I I keeps, I've said I'm like I think I'm done with the Middle East I've been to Israel and Turkey Kuwait Iraq and um, I'm, I think I'm good good to go my thumbtack is in the map and yeah I'm all set with going back there it's a very very
0: long and were you eat were you eating like Mres the whole time or were you eating regular food or
3: no there was some of that but mostly it was cafeterias at because we would fly into these, uh, you know, uh, designated, what do you call it? Um, I can't remember the word, isolated bases. And then we would fly back to the, like the main base, the um, forward operating base, FOB, whatever, whatever thing. And most of them had cafeterias and stuff. And and some of them, they had like these big mess halls and you'd eat with all the soldiers and they had like a real meals going. It was pretty cool. It was like, it was like high school cafeteria, but with soldiers and three comics.
0: And I just, for some reason, I, in my head, I just keep picturing some sort of 90s, early 90s movie where you get stuck there and they're like, and you're like, no, 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 I'm a comic. And they're like, uh-huh, sure. This guy thinks he's a comedian. Get in line, son. And then you get, like, you f- have to become, uh, like, some army guy. It's like a Woody Allen uh, movie. Guy and, yeah, you're forced into it. And you're like, I got to go back home. <laughs> yeah. that's I mean, like, that's
3: a great premise. Um <laughs> I didn't have that feeling, but like, there definitely, I guess, it crosses your mind that like, if we come under attack, like, I'll just grab a gun and have to like that. The idea of them being like, "We need you to fucking fuck. pick up a weapon," and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you know, you fucking gun down thirty al Qaidas or whatever the fuck, and, and we, 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 we win, we win the battle. Or whatever. Fingers
0: crossed. Yeah. You're the first comic um, to kill fifty Americans by accident.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, terrible. Uh, but I mean.
2: You know, does a trip like that when you come back, does that recharge you in a way where you go to a, a show in the States then kind of not feeling like fuck it, but a newfound confidence where you're like, wow, you know, I'm very lucky. Things could be so much worse. I'm not as worried about bombing at this show in Philadelphia. You know, I, I you know, I've seen kind of how people have to live and I've seen how it can be. Um and now I'm just kind of more comfortable. Is it like, like anything, like you go on a retreat or something and you kind of come back with this, this feeling of, of being centered. And, and then, you know, after a few weeks, it always kind of goes back to normal. But does that rush kind of hit you when you come back from a trip like that?
3: Definitely. Like I, I remember coming back and being like, you know, you start to, cause those are they were long trips and then you just kind of be like, I can't wait to go to Starbucks and sleep in my bed and not feel because, you know, as safe as you feel, there's still an amount of, like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> on the yeah. and, stuff. and you keep getting briefed over and over again on, like, what we'll do, and if, if this such such happens, or you hear these stories, and it definitely made me feel grateful to be a civilian, like, not having to wake up at whatever time and, and, and go humping and wear all these packs and the heat, and, like, I mean... It is. It definitely being there for a week and a half. You come back. You're like, America is glorious.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: All your jokes are like, drew- hey,
0: isn't everything great? Yeah. Speaking of jokes, though, I I did want to talk about like what we both wanted to talk about. You know, your joke writing and that whole process. Like, you know, how do you write a joke?
3: Man. It- it's weird i'm like i was just with sam real last night and he's like a joke machine and we're sort of opposites like sam writes all day every day he reads the paper everything that happens to him in his relationship he's, he's just trying to make bits and he'll write about i don't know 300 jokes or something and then he gets like 10 or 15 of them to really work and kill and he kind of does it that way where i'm like my writing process is weird. Like I kind of have it just turned off sometimes for hours or days or even weeks at a time. And then I'll kind of be like, shit, I haven't written anything in a while. Let me, and I kind of, you know, turn on that muscle of like, let me kind of look for bits or something Mm -hmm. that I've been thinking about. And it's kind of a thing of like, Oh, that's pretty funny. That's interesting. And I'll try to, Kind of write it down, think about it a little bit, get some thoughts down, and then kind of work it out on stage a little bit, record it, listen to it, see if there's anything there, if anyone's reacting to it, Um, and then building off of it. Once I have something that's getting a laugh, I'm like, okay, so there is something here. Let me explore it a little more and explore all my feelings on it. And then other times, I always like when it comes easy, when something just happens, and in that moment, I'm like, that's a bit perfect. Here we go. Like in in the special that, for example, like the Welcome to the Jungle at the airport, that all just happened exactly like that. And it was one of those things of like, they're playing Welcome to the Jungle at the airport. That's a weird, that's a really hard rocking song for the airport. And then I realized that in that song, they yell, you're going to die. And it was just one of those things of like, oh, that's a perfect, easy bit. Like no... Not a lot of work, just the kind of a thing that, that happened, and I saw it yeah. happen, and, or heard it, whatever. So that's the ones I like. That's nice and easy.
0: And then immediately, though, right after like something like that, like the, the Welcome to the Jungle one, do you just go into your phone and then just write it down? Or, like, I think Ryan was asking, I mean, wondering about uh, writing what freehand, right, Ryan?
2: Yeah, or, you know, like, do you write down a kind of a a phrase from it just to remember, or do you record your voice saying like, Hey, I got a, I got an idea for this joke. This is what it is. You know, how do you kind of save it in your mind for later?
3: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll write it down on my phone. Usually I'll, I write, um, important joke notes in my notes section, just so I can search important mm. or a or premise or whatever. And I'll kind of have a bunch of things there. And then maybe sometimes I'll throw a few extra notes if I have an idea of where it should go. And then Later, at some point, I'll sit down at my notebook and and write it out a little bit and kind of, you know, think it out and come up with funny lines and then try to remember that. and It's interesting because I'll do that just to have an idea. And then usually by the time it's time to go on stage, I don't a lot of times with a new new joke, I'm trying to remember what I wrote earlier, which is not always the great. Right. it's a way to come up with uh, full material because it's like it's better to kind of be connected to the feeling than what you actually wrote right so that's where it becomes kind of a process of like remembering what i had written and also remember that feeling that i had that i was that made me think this is funny
0: yeah and will you ever write them down and then maybe pitch them sort of to a friend or, or your wife or will you just do them all to yourself yeah it depends going, and go on stage.
3: A lot of them, will, I'll pitch. Like, like I mean, Sam and I are always texting jokes. Mark and I, Mark Norman and I, and my wife and I as well bounce jokes off each other. Because a lot of times that part is for, have you ever heard this? Has anything like this been done? Because you don't want right. to, you never want to put a bunch of effort into a joke. And then after doing it for three weeks, someone's like, that's Jake Johansson's bit. It's on his special. And you're like, fuck. So yeah. um, there's definitely a lot of kind of bouncing to see if anyone has an idea. And sometimes you have an idea that you know is funny. And you just can't, it can't quite bust through and you need someone else's perspective, like some fresh eyes on it to be like, well, what about this angle? And you're like, yes, that's what I needed.
2: That's tough because you, I mean, obviously you're surrounded by people you trust, but, you know, for maybe an up and coming comic, that's probably the scariest part about performing and joke writing is maybe not doing your research if that joke was done by somebody else. And then maybe you go, all right, let me ask My buddy, if he thinks that there's something here and then you run the risk of maybe someone, you know, it being uh, subconscious in their subconscious. And then they think of it later down the line and they write a joke or they just flat out steal it. Has that ever kind of happened in in today or in your early days of stand up of you saying, hey, Greg, uh, what do you think of this joke? And him being like, that's great. And then he went out and did that joke.
3: There's moments like that not necessarily bouncing a joke but there's definitely moments of like something happens while multiple comics are hanging out and there's a conversation Uh. and someone's kind of like whose bit is this again you're like well i said the thing first (laughs) i remember one incident years ago this is like 20 years ago now or 18 years ago now when i was i was pretty new and um this comic in boston we were i mean we were like brand new comics and he was like Just telling a story about how he met a girl and he got her number and he called the number she gave and the voicemail was a guy on the voicemail and he's like I don't know what I don't know what it is like she said this is my number but the voicemail is a dude and I was like you should have left a message saying hey we met the other night when you were a woman and he's like that's great he's like I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do that bit and I remember being like wait no that's my bit. And he's like, no, but it happened to me. And I was like, well, the premise happened to you, but I wrote the joke. And it was a big debate. (laughs) We had, like, I got all these comics involved. And people were like, well, I guess it's his thing. And I'm like, yeah, but he wasn't even, he didn't say, here's an idea for a bit. Right. Do you have an idea? Like, he was telling me a story, and then I made a joke. So um, it's my joke because without the joke, there was no joke and he was like yeah but without my premise there's no bit so I was like
1: yeah
3: it was a debate that I ended up winning and doing the joke for a while and it you know it never ended up anywhere because I was two years in but um I was pretty adamant of like but I made the joke
2: right do, I mean do you have to hold back then in future conversations like say your buddy's like oh man this crazy thing happened to me and you think of a funny premise or a joke do you maybe go oh, let me not say it
0: you just go nice
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly Just like sometimes. your joke, yeah Yeah,
3: exactly <laughs> so, Yeah, sometimes it is like that With certain people I mean, there are certain comics That all of a sudden They'll be like Oh, I'm going to write that down And you're like Write what down? The thing I just said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's weird but now I don't feel that as much. Not at, at our level. I think that's more early on because people don't know. Right. For early on, everyone's so desperate to have any jokes. I mean, we are now to some degree to have material, but we kind of trust that we'll come up with something. But when you're a year or two years in, you're just like looking around at everything, being like, "I need something to say." Mm-hmm. So it's more. Everyone has that muscle turned on more. Or maybe some people still do. It, but I mean, Sam, I think. Still has works that way, in Mark as well. Um, I just sometimes I go like weeks without even thinking about comedy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, let me try to get back in
2: there. I think that's when sometimes magic can happen, like you said, where you were just in an airport and you heard the uh, Guns N' Roses song. You know, sometimes you you know a comic gets up there and they go, oh, the other day, blah 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 happened, and you go, oh, I that's doubtful that that was that actually happened to them because it's almost too funny. But right. it's it's also cool when. No, it actually happened. This is true. It and you know you're kind of given something when your mind is turned off a bit.
3: Yeah, I mean, and those to me are the best bits. My favorite kind of bits. I really I like absurdist comedy, like Stephen Wright and Hedberg and mm-hmm. and, and stuff, and Steve Martin. I really do enjoy it and love it. But my favorite comedy, and the kind of comedy I like to do, is things that are like this is a genuine feeling. And then when something that didn't happen, I make it make it obvious. You know, I didn't really. You know. I can't even think of an example of, you know, have said whatever, whatever. If it's going to be absurd, I want it to be clear that it's absurd and not a thing where some comics will be like, and then I went to this place and this happened. And they're kind of telling it like it really happened. You're like, well, that didn't happen. (laughs) Uh, You know, like I don't like disingenuous. So, um, you know, that, that to me is just a better. Not better, but the comedy that I prefer.
0: Yeah, you're saying like, you know, you want the audience to be aware that if you do say something like crazily absurd, like that, it's obvious that it's a complete joke and none of it really happened to you. You're just saying it just to make them laugh. Uh,
3: right, ex- exactly. So um, I, I remember saying that I like, I would never do a joke about my father having one leg longer than the other because he doesn't. <laughs> like I don't, right. like I wouldn't want to do a joke about you know having a baby or something. You know, you know what I mean. Um, right. But some of those guys that do do that, it's it's great. Like I mean, Anthony Jeselnik does a joke about killing his grandmother or something, and I think it's hilarious. But <laughs> I just have never been able to kind of pull that off.
2: So you need to start with a base of truth, and then you can kind of build to the absurd, and then maybe have like an end tagline that heightens it even more to the absurd. But it's always yeah. rooted in truth.
3: Yeah, exa- exactly. Uh, like I have a joke now that's not that special about, it's a true story about being at the Mall of America and I was, went on the roller coaster there, but I was by myself and they put me with like a group of three kids, uh, which is a true story. And in the joke, I'm like, I felt so uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do. So I just kissed the cutest one on the lips. And, you know, it's like, I like, obviously that part didn't happen. And I even say afterwards, I'm like, I didn't, I, did, I was like, that part didn't happen, but the rest is true. Um, but at least it's absurd. But like, for me, it's important to like let them know like this really did happen. I really was on a roller coaster with three strange children, and it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> right, I, l- I like how you narrowed it down to the cutest kid. <laughs> like it couldn't, have been, it couldn't have been just a random child that you you had to actually. Uh, look at them all and go hmm which one's the cutest right right, right which is so th- more disturbing
2: but that's a, right it's <laughs> such an interesting joke because it is i mean it's really absurd it's really funny but it is really absurd like how do you get to that decision to make the tagline be I kissed the cutest one on the lips. Like were there runners up of what you, not, not to sound weird, but were there runners up to, of what you could have, what you could do to these kids? And were you like, nah, that's too weird. Or that's, that's too absurd. Or that's not absurd enough.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's an interesting question too. Cause with my, like the way I kind of write and create is I think a lot of comics like Derek Delman is my favorite comic ever. He always, talks about working with the um the um different words like switching out one word for another why don't i try this noun or this adjective instead of a dentist i could make it a ear doctor or whatever it is um kind of messing around with it but me i'm like i come up with a line and if it works i'm like great that's the line i'll move on so that was sort of hmm. the funniest thing. I, mean, I always think it's i always use the term kissing on the lips because it's just a funny it's so so specific and it, it's just so silly and i mean there is part of you that's like so i fucked the kid and it's like that's like too much it just feels like yeah, right too many like there's too many like shocky comics that are like ah fuck, and it's just like yeah the crowd's gonna groan yeah but kiss on the lips just sounds so um just creepy and weird and um <laughs> And funny. So for me, I'm like, I come up with that line and I'm like, great, that's the line. That's the joke. And let me try to come up with some other premises. I don't mess around too much with the um, wording a lot. Gotcha.
2: So it's never like a word that you're like, you know, because I've seen interviews with Seinfeld where he's like, I need an adjective to just be funny. Like, it's just not even that it's funny. It's just, oh, I haven't I haven't heard that adjective in a while. Thus, it's funny. You know, like something that you, like when you read a book and somebody uses like, you know, bequeath or or something like that, and you're kind of like, well, that's a kind of a funny, that's a funny word. Um, I'm going to use that.
3: Yeah, well, to me, I always, I also like, sometimes I I always get down on myself. I'm like, maybe I'm just lazy. But then I'm like, I also do think a lot of the times when you're a funny person or a comic, you're like, whatever your first instinct is, is usually good because you want it to be as close to, um, genuine and natural as possible so it's like if that's the first thing you came up with that might be the best thing and the more you start messing with it the more it becomes a little more forced or worked or uh, or whatever or disingenuous so to me it's like a lot of times i'm like that was the the weight i decided or the job i decided or the adjective i decided whatever that um you know whatever that thing you're filling in that was the best version of it because that was the first one you kind of thought of and i don't know i never want to linger on something too long because then you start losing the funny if you're dissecting which word is the funniest
2: right i guess that's that's kind of like a little dane cookish right where he would kind of be telling a story and the joke would almost be that he stopped to pause to say a word you know like you know we were uh we were getting together having a union as they say, you know, and you're like, right. and then people will be like, Oh my God, he said union or, you know, like that's so funny that he took the time to overemphasize that word. You know, you, you kind of get into that territory.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah exa- like that. exactly. So <laughs> well, yeah, you could like it,
2: it's, you know, it's fine. Good.
3: <laughs> um, uh, but no, I know what you mean. And I, 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 I agree. Sometimes it's like, it's too much and it feels too precise.
0: Yeah. When you're like, when you're doing this like, and you're, you know, you're you're writing these jokes um do you ever like do you ever risk it do you ever tell one that you are gonna go okay this one's probably not gonna work but i'm just gonna try it anyway and then it does has that ever happened to you or will you not even risk it on stage
1: um i
3: have it's usually though it's not like it's a risk of like i'm gonna lose everybody here like it's just a th- it's like i'm like i don't know if this is funny like it's not like ever particularly uh, overly offensive or maybe it has been in the past or something but sometimes i'm like i don't know if anyone's gonna get this or know this reference or if this is funny at all so i definitely have and then it does get a lot like there i can't think of an example there's definitely bits that i'm like i have in my head or there's stories that i've been telling for like years and then just never thought to do as a bit and a lot of com- that's a lot of my bits as comics being like that's a bit what you just said and i'm like is it though i don't know <laughs> and then i'm like i try it and it is like there's a, there's been a lot of examples sometimes i'm like i have the worst comedy instincts because there's so many things i'll just say casually and people are like that's a bit and i'm like no <laughs> and then you do it and it like it kills or it works so um but usually if i'm saying something on stage it's because i think it's going to get a laugh
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause that was part of, that was like a follow up question I had with that. So like now when you're hanging out with friends and you know, over the years, do you feel like you have to be funny? Uh,
3: it depends. Like, it depends on who it is and what the situation is. Like, you know, I like a cookout, you know, Bobby Kelly will have a cookout and we're all hanging out and I'm like, I want to, I want to get some laughs here. I want to make these guys laugh, but yeah, it depends like, you know, one-on-one maybe less so, but, um, It it depends on the situation, I guess, but I definitely, it's, it's hard in comedy and comedy hangs the person that's too on and trying too hard to be funny is like the biggest dick. Like you're, you're better off talking about, you know, climate change and cancer than being the guy that's like goofing around everyone's like shut up stop it we're not on today yeah. why are you holding a microphone
0: <laughs> yeah right no, exactly. yeah i just kind of wonder that because like you know when you first you know uh, met your wife and, and and i'm sure she was introducing you to new people and you were introducing to her, uh, her to new people did you ever feel like at the time like you were like okay like all right i got you know i gotta be funny or were you like all right i'll just be me and if the funniness comes that's cool but once they found out you're a comic are people like expecting you to make them laugh?
3: Yeah. I mean, sometimes I definitely, I feel like every fan I've ever met has been disappointed because (laughs) they're just like, you know, you do the show and you're on, especially post show, which is when you're meeting a lot of people that uh, I'm just like, I'm tired and I'm thinking about what jokes hit and what jokes didn't. And I'm thinking about what I said to the person that just left. So a lot of times I'm like that's like the least funny I ever am, and right after is is right after a show, and I remember hanging out with a fan after a show, and like we hung out and had a cigar, and 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 wow. just it was like a it was a while you know it was just a bar so we're hanging out, and in the middle of it he was like you know I'm surprised you're a lot less funny than I <laughs> think you would be to hang out, and he wasn't even being insulting he was just kind of making an observation. And it was this thing right. of like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I got my feet up. I'm smoking. Like, I don't, I'm out of jokes. And social uncomfortableness, social, like, awkwardness sometimes or social anxiety takes over for funny. I'm like, if mm-hmm. I was, right. when I'm fully comfortable hanging out with friends that I'm close with, I feel like I'm the funniest. At, at my funniest, I mean, not the funniest in the group necessarily, but when I'm with strangers or, or fans or I feel pressured, to me, it's like I end up, kind of going inward a little bit more and just going, yeah, sure. Oh. Uh, and, and I'll get the thing. I mean, Louie did it on his TV show, but the thing of people were like, I don't know, Mark was here last week and we went drinking and he was hilarious. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I'm sorry. I don't
1: know. I'm
3: like, should I be doing bits right now? I don't, I don't, or not necessarily Mark, but like whoever, just whatever part. I mean, I do get that from Mark a lot about Mark, <laughs> um, but there's a lot of like this guy, we went out and he was amazing. He, he was whatever. He was making everyone laugh. I'm like, ah, sorry, I'm <laughs> out of jokes.
2: Or like um, somebody comes up and is like, "Hey, I heard you smoked a whole cigar with somebody. Can you hang out with me for two hours?" And you're like, yeah. "No, no, no. That was my one cigar for the year." <laughs> yeah, and it was
3: a big mistake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if like you know I don't know if you, if you went to like the supermarket and and tried to make the cashier laugh. Like I didn't know how that sort of works. You know with a comic oh that i
3: do yeah that that i do that i do i have a lot of little bits that i do in starbucks and um oh really and and malls and stuff yeah just regular people that don't know me i feel like i'm a goofball it's more with a pressure of like a a fan
0: oh yeah like what what, what, what's something that you would do at starbucks
3: well i have a i used to do this as a bit and people were just kind of like What after a while but when i scan my um my phone like to, to pay, like the app, it goes boop, and I'll do a thing where I pretend to get electrocuted, but I'm like, "Oh, geez. And I'll shake my arm. And one time, this really happened. I did that, and the lady went, oh my god, that happened to someone earlier. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, who's this asshole doing my bit? Like, wh- what do you mean? Like, there's no actual electricity involved. And it was so strange that she said someone did that earlier. I stopped doing it, because I was like, was someone, some other asshole's doing this bit.
2: That's so funny. I wonder if it's also like, you know, just that kind of, you know, social awkwardness like we were talking about where, you know, maybe somebody references something from a movie and you go, oh, yeah, even though you never saw it. So like this woman sees you get shocked and is like, I have to make this normal. Oh, that happened to somebody. I'm so sorry. Like, we'll get right on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
3: exactly. That's what it felt like. I mean, that's what it probably was. But it was definitely a thing of like, what? <laughs> what do you mean that happened to someone earlier?
2: So so you try, I mean, yeah, you got to go out and let things happen to you. You have to kind of sit down and write at times. But you also try to make jokes happen in that way. So you go, you go, you try to be a part of the material by going out and willingly create it. Or at least attempt to.
3: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, some of it's just like... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a goofball. I like to have fun. So you're just kind of being silly. And that's what I mean. Like a lot of times I'll be talking to somebody, a friend, and they're like, oh, that's a bit. They'll be like, do you do that on stage? And I'm like, no, I'm just talking. I'm just being a goof. <laughs> and sometimes you're like, oh, shit, maybe that could be a bit. That's not even on my mind. I'm just kind of, you know, being myself and, and being funny.
0: It would have been funny if you had told us all of your bits come from other people telling you that that is a bit. And you were like, oh, okay, I guess we'll write that down. And you became you know ex- as successful as you are by accident.
1: Like, it okay. really
3: is a lot of bits, though. <laughs> it really is like a <laughs> lot of... A lot of the minutes are people being like, that's really funny. And I'm like, Shut?
2: okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I think you need that, right? I mean, you, you think of something and you're like, I don't know. Am I a weirdo that thinks it's funny? There's no way that somebody thinks that's funny. And then you tell somebody and they're, they're like, that's hilarious. And you're like, okay, there you go. That's all that- Well,
1: yeah.
3: yeah, and at some point, like mental illness comes into this because well, yeah. I'm just thinking in a crazy way. And people are like, that's really funny. Like, I'm like, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm like, no, I, I am actually concerned about how much this costs or how, how I feel right now. But evidently it's, you know, funny.
0: Yeah. That's hilarious, Joe. you like, your, your illness is okay. Well you, you make a special out of it, you know, and then you're like, okay, guess I will. Right. Well, yeah, I guess that is tough though.
2: Right. So you, you, you go out, you try to have fun be a goofball and create jokes. You try to think of jokes. You let things happen to you. You go out and perform And then you're, so you're constantly kind of riding this emotional wave of like, like kind of, um, I'm sorry, I don't remember it word for word, but there's a joke in your special where you're like, I think men have like four thoughts a day. And I know I have four thoughts a day. It's like, is this cancer? Are my, my parents are going to die. Is this funny? I'm hungry. I'm, or I'm horny. I forget. I'm so sorry. I'm butchering it, but no, you got most of them. (laughs) I go, I think I added like 12 now. Um, but, um, this worry of like, you have normal worries throughout the day and then you have your work worries and then you perform and people laugh and you're like, Oh, that was amazing. But then after the show, you're kind of back to being kind of nervous and, and people are talking to you and you're like, I hope they don't think I'm like a weirdo or whatever. So how do you kind of manage that up and down of, of your work? That's your job. That's your life.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's tricky. It's not easy. I'm like, yeah. I always say it's like a full-time job, not being a complete psychopath where <laughs> I'm like. I go to therapy and I meditate and I have to reach out to friends and exercise. It's a lot of different things just to be somewhat even keeled. Mm. Um, so it is, and in a lot of ways it's strange because like on stage is sort of the most confident I feel. I'm kind of like, okay, up here, I'm, I'm good for now. This 45 minutes. I, I have an idea of what I'm going to say and how it's going to go. And it is, it really is like that, Meet and greet, and getting picked up to go to radio in the morning on the road. Just that one-on-one with the mm. doorman at six in the morning. Those two <laughs> things are the hardest part of stand-up comedy to me. That thing of like, so oh, what's
1: to do around here? <laughs>
3: <And> <laughs> that's what I always feel like the least comfortable. So, does it? It's I mean, hard.
2: I mean, obviously, you have so many friends in the industry um, to kind of talk that out with. Does it help that? you know, you come home and and your wife is in the industry too. So it's not like you feel alone in your feelings. You can kind of talk to somebody who totally gets it also.
3: Oh, completely. It's a huge help to kind of, that she'll just share her feelings or I'll share my feelings. And we're like, yes, exactly. Okay, great. It it makes, it gives you that thing of like, okay, I'm not completely crazy on this one. I, I have an idea of what's, um, of when we have an idea of each other's feeling, we have both lived all the same feeling. So it's definitely helpful. Wow.
2: And, you know, you do have a lot of jokes about marriage and your special. Were there any jokes that were kind of left on the cutting room uh, floor, so to speak of uh, like, ah, I, I can't do that one. I, she doesn't like that one, you know?
3: Not really. I mean, the, the only joke I was concerned about is the joke where about uh, her sister being a younger version of her. You know, it wasn't even about. It wasn't even about her. I wasn't worrying too much about her as much as it was her sister being concerned. But nobody seems to be upset, and I think was having a wife that's a comic helps. Cause as long as the joke is killing, you're like, well, you can't argue with this, right? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like
1: <laughs> uh,
3: about somebody, and it's bombs. Then it just feels like. What, what are you, Why are you saying that?
0: Yeah, why do you <laughs> confess like, that?
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, it's
3: like, if it's a joke that works and, uh, you know, that joke really kills, you're just like, well, I gotta use it. I mean, I have it and it kills, so.
2: It is a brilliant ob- observation. And, and does that happen often when you're writing jokes? You go, well, you know, like the premise is true. This is funny, but it might lead to some explaining, you know, after yeah. be- before I perform it, you know.
3: Oh, definitely. There's definitely jokes like that, that you end up just being like, ah, I can't really do this. And, <laughs> and some of them are just like because uh, of relationships or political correctness or whatever it is. Right. But there's definitely a lot of jokes that you're like, ah, that's too much. And I never like I'm not a guy I don't do well with offending people, hurting people's feelings. It doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have that thing. of like, Oh, fuck you. You shouldn't have came, bozo. Or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. You, you know, I'm like, I feel terrible. My bad.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, that's nobody, no comic, I mean, I would think no comic or most comics don't go on stage to hurt anybody. Like, there's really never malice in in their joke telling. I mean, I'm sure some people go out there and then they do that. They're like, get out of here, you boza, like you were saying. But I feel like most people genuinely just want to make you laugh and maybe they just care less if it offends people or not um, or it affects them differently. I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, I think they just have that mindset of like, Oh, well, I mean, that's on you. These are these are the jokes and you came, yeah. uh, which I feel that way sometimes, but I definitely – it doesn't feel good to upset people. Mm-hmm. So I try not to, not, um, not because I'm, like, afraid or anything. I just, like, I don't like the feeling. I don't, I don't like the right. feeling when someone's like, hey – you're like oh shit sorry
2: yeah and i mean it also throws you off because then you're like i gotta get back to my jokes here but now i gotta sort of apologize and address this issue and then it's weird to segue back in and it just creates a mess i guess (laughs) yeah
3: exactly
0: yeah i did i did want to ask about going back to the special just real quick um so you know i know you're approaching basically you know almost a million views now and and this might be too big of a or broad of a question, but like what's your end game or do you have one with comedy? Do you wanna be doing like selling out MSG or do you want to have like your own sitcom or you know, or do you think about those sort of things?
3: Yeah, I I don't as much as I probably should. Um I to me just continuing to do stand up and in front of an audience that came to see me is definitely ideal you know where it's and and that's starting to happen a little bit where it's like they came to go let's go to see joe list as opposed to let's go to see comedy um that definitely makes it a little more fun and a little easier and so that's always been a goal and to continue to put out good work but i have to say because of this um shutdown and everything it definitely allowed me to kind of experience being home more and kind of having that lifestyle. And it did, it made me think like, I should take more weeks off from when it is back to normal because I was going pretty hard every weekend. So, um, there's definitely something to like really nice about going to bed at 1130 and, you know, watching sports at night and having dinner with my wife. So, um,
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I, was wondering why you made us do this podcast at two in the afternoon and you said you were having dinner (laughs) right after.
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, um, No, so I I don't know. It's something I should think about. I guess I am like developing a show with a friend of mine. I mean, who knows? I mean, the chances of selling a show, making a show and then getting it on the air are always so slim. Maybe I'm just cynical, but so I am working on that and um, the podcast. I love doing the podcast. so. Yeah, we'll see, I guess. It's something I should probably think more about, but I've kind of just been going with one one thing at a time.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's whatever you want it to be. I mean, there there are people who want this thing and there's people who want a different thing. You know, everybody wants something different. Um, but yeah, I mean, the podcast the Tuesdays uh, is is if that's if that's the one you're referring to, is super, you know, successful.
3: Yeah, it's doing really really well and it keeps growing. So, and and Mark has really been blowing up, so that's helping and now hopefully my special is continuing to grow and that brings more people in so yeah that's sure. been really fun and, and kept us afloat during this time so um yeah so doing those things and, and maybe who knows the show i'm working on maybe that becomes something i'm not sure but for now i think just continue to do stand-up and trying to do good work and getting more people to come see it
0: yeah
2: cool so i obviously edited your special uh which was a blast why is it um, obvious right it's obvious because, oh, you're right. I, uh, well, it's obvious
3: to me. It's obvious to oh, you, Joe. Yeah, yeah let me, let me yeah, set that up again. Yeah.
2: It's obvious to the three of us, including mainly myself, <laughs> that I edited your special. Uh, I'm, I just I love my non-fame, um, you're, at, which was a total blast. But I do know that there is, you were an executive producer on it, that there is an executive producer cut of it, Um, that did not go to YouTube, that features this, um, it's more of a raw edit, that during the, you know, we filmed two shows, during the first show, um, midway through, you kind of chuckle, and you're like, oh, I forgot a huge chunk of material, I'm going to go back and try to make this work, and the crowd loved it, and you brilliantly weaved everything back in, and it just made it a really kind of, like, you had to be their moment. And I think that's why the crowd was kind of going nuts because it's just like, wow, this isn't supposed to happen. It's like, you know, the, you see the bunny already in in the hat of the magician kind of thing. And, and it just made it so intimate. Um, and I think like worth even more so worth uh, the price of admission for the people that came. Um, but is that, do you plan on releasing that version at all?
3: So I think that version is going to be the album version, which will come out. Soon, I think in October, there's a date. Um, so yeah, we're gonna release that as the album, so it'll be in at least album form. Um, there was some um debate and uh conversation over which one to put on there, and I I wanted to leave it in. I, I liked it and thought it was fun and funny and genuine, and I like the idea of um, no offense to, to you and editors around the world, but I, I like less the, the least amount of editing as far as material goes, especially of just kind of, here's the show. This is what it sounded like. This is what it looked like all the way through. Right. Um, so I, I, I liked it, but we were trying to sell it and pitch it. So I thought the cleaner version would be better. And ultimately we kind of compromised of like, that will be on the album and this is on the, um, the special. So, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that moment and i like kind of uh hiccups like that and it kind of showed that it was loose and not perfect and um because sometimes i think uh, aside from that i think the special came out great and looking like that and feeling like that but sometimes specials look just you know there's a swinging camera and there's smoke and everybody looks great (laughs) so i like the idea of kind of you can kind of hear drinks clinking a little bit and uh, having a big fuck up in there is is fun to me um but ultimately we got that that feeling uh and that style. Yeah. But um we took that um that moment out. But it will be on the album version.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I think it totally fits with the I hate myself title and theme. That that is something that would happen to you, you know, the night of your special, that you would kind of forget a few mm-hmm. jokes and have to go back. But it's still felt like this continuous yeah. thing that you were a part of almost you know like a Martin Scorsese going through the Copacabana kind of thing that's just like wow this is such an experience that you're really in it with him you're in this you're in the comedy cellar in new york city anything can happen
3: yeah yeah exactly so um that's my favorite scene in my favorite movie and my favorite director. Oh, um, obviously. So right. you, you nailed it. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, All right. Um, um, but yeah, yeah so it, it, will, it will live on. Um, I, I kind of wished it was on the special, but I think the special worked obviously the way it was as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. We both really enjoyed that cut with the, the flub in it. Uh, you know, I think we were both rooting for that way, also, because we just both thought it was Ryan. I think I think I speak for you, right? When you know when we're all saying that, we thought that we really love that sort of mess up in there.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like what you were saying before, Joe. That like I, you know, when you're watching other comedy specials, sure they're great, and there's a lot of great ones, but there is a little. Some of them are a little too refined. They're a little too polished. That even I think for a, a regular viewer, they would notice um, a cut. That maybe didn't seem as like hmm, that didn't seem like he should have just started out at you know at another joke there or or whatever I think your special um has this kind of feel that it, it I, in both versions I think it feels um not less polished but just more like we just left the cameras running and let you do your thing, and we just all we did was cut from camera to camera um
3: yeah yeah which that's what so that's. Yeah, that's what I that's what I want. I mean, it came out uh, so great, I thought like perfectly exactly what I wanted it to look like. It doesn't feel pretentious to me or uh, you uh, it sounds weird. Like I I want a non special special. Like I like the idea of this is Monday night at the comedy cellar. And uh, here's here's the show. This is what what the comedy looks and feels like. And I got a ton of people saying that it was a lot of comments and tweets and messages saying it felt like I was at a comedy club. They're like, it just felt exactly like being at a comedy club because I think you can hear drinks and you can hear some audience. And, and, um, I thought it looked cool. And again, we didn't have, um, a, you know, a crane shot and smoke and, you know, I, I don't, it's not that I hate that stuff. I just prefer it the way it was. And I think even if I, Became really successful. I still like to shoot in a small space like that with just the um I think we use four cameras and just like that kind of yeah. easy here's here's a few angles and here are the jokes. Uh, to me I and mean, that's what that's what I'm a fan of.
0: Yeah. I think we yeah, I mean, we really enjoyed that too. I mean that's exactly what we wanted and uh you know, I loved how we had that one roaming camera as well and and they got those like sort of side views and other sort of behind the scenes views and uh where it was over the shoulder of people. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed that also. And just sort of added to the element of, again, that you're at this club. You're not at this arena. Right. Yeah. And you did that, that well, Joe. Thanks. Um, no, it was great. You guys, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you guys knocked it out of the ballpark. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. Like, I truly like couldn't be happier with the way it came out.
0: No, that's oh, awesome hey thanks oh, so much next yeah, one we'll we will we'll definitely add the crane though and the smoke even despite yeah. that you don't want it we'll just put it in no matter what it's gonna cost no most- i want
3: i want a i want a steady cam to follow me from my apartment onto the end train and then the transfer like i want i want like a 50 minute intro um, <laughs>
2: the special never happens
3: like, yeah it's yeah. an hour commute
1: the
0: steps,
3: down the steps and when i get on stage it's just the credits roll
0: yeah, I, <laughs> that'd be that'd amazing. Be,
3: <laughs> directed by Martin
0: Scorsese. Yeah, and smoking <laughs> Crane. All
2: right, thank you for tuning in for yet another episode of Joke Artists. Uh, to keep up with us, please go to Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate us, leave a comment, the rating really helps. And as we always say, if you don't rate us,
0: you got to date us. You got to. You got to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're looking for those dates. And also, uh, we want you to subscribe to Joe's podcast. He's got, uh, well, you can go to Joe List uh, Comedy and uh, follow him on, on Instagram, Twitter. Um, you'll find all of his blood type there, his social security number, anything you need to hack yeah. and become him, uh, you know, digitally, he, he it, it's easily accessible. Uh, But also, he's got Mindful Metal Jacket, his podcast, and he also has um, Tuesdays with Stories with co-host Mark Normand. So uh, both really great podcasts and far, far superior and better than ours. But big time, we still would, uh, we still love you if you can hit that subscribe button, you know, share it, you know, share with, uh, share with your grandmother or your grandfather, you know, they're not going to click on it, but we'll take the share, you know,
2: open up your phone, press any episode press play leave it next to your grandfather that's asleep just you don't have to listen to it leave the room leave it next to your grandfather give us yeah. the give us the listen
0: you know leave leave it next to that sleeping piss bag you
2: know <laughs> not him his actual piss bag cuz he has a um
0: leave it next to his shit bag <laughs>